2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Loveline is meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Loveline with Dr. Chris starts. Three, two, one. Now. Now
3: happy wednesday everybody halfway through that week i hope y'all getting through it tons of love and self-care do what you gotta do right we're moving our bodies but we're not beating ourselves up if we're not doing home workouts we're eating what makes us feel good focusing on more nutrient-dense foods but also not getting upset if we're hitting those oreos hard i you know gotta be loving and caring with ourselves that's what self-care is about letting go a little bit but also still trying to zero in on care <laughs> It's not a free-for-all. Remember, self-care is about things that leave leave us feeling better. They're like a vitamin. They're, They're, you know, psychologically and emotionally and spiritually nutritious, but they don't leave us feeling bad. So check that. CDC extends social distancing guidelines to our pets. Yep, that's right. On I'm Listening, Stay Connected, I interviewed vet Doc Halligan, and she was talking about how in New York State was the first domestic animal testing positive for COVID. It was a cat. And also in North Carolina, there was a pug. And luckily that went from, well, I shouldn't say luckily, all lives are equally as important. It went from owner to pet, not pet to owner. So people don't have to be panicking about the safety of being around their pets. But yes, your pet needs to panic about the safety of being around you. Um, now, she said that the reason this happened is because New York City has a high rate of infections. So it's understandable on that level. And then in North Carolina, the two owners of that pet were doctors, ER doctors working around COVID. They believe that's what happened. So her advice, I think, is really powerful. And this is what the CDC is kind. Of talking about which is if you think you are infected or are you need to social distance from your pet i know god bless it uh you should also be taking precautions like washing your hands before you touch them or pet them and also wearing a mask around them maybe i mean yeah this is the world we live in right now and i'm glad that the cdc is actually releasing information related to pets but um yeah if you're feeling sick you got to pay attention to that i think that's a meaningful thing we're also talking about the beauty of maybe um getting an animal companion right now there's so many animals that need homes and you know, not only is self-isolation something that's really hard. And when we have a pet, we see the energy moving around the home. I mean, I've been so thoughtful to have my cat, little Stevie Nicks. And uh, touching an animal is very soothing for our nervous system. It's very regulatory. It's like touching another human being. And so it's good for our psyche, our mental health, our nervous system. Keeps you busy. It can just bring new fun and joy into your life. But do think long-term. This is something we didn't get to get into. But think long-term because at some point the world opens back out up and you're going to be socializing more possibly going to work and leaving the home and then your pet will be left alone. So make sure that your standard traditional lifestyle is something that can support a pet, not just looking at what needs you might have now. Um, and also know, as she said, doc Callaghan, the vet pointed this out. It's a financial expense. Make sure it's something you're able and willing to take on. They need care. They need grooming, possibly pet food. So just make sure you're in a financially sound position to take care of a pet. And also, like we said, have the time, but she said that they're pretty, they're pretty, um, You know, flexible, and that they'll adjust when you do go back to work. Because that was my other question. You know, they're used to you having they're used to having you home all the time. What happens when you kind of start leaving again? She's like, Ah, they'll be fine. I thought, Okay. (laughs) I mean, she said it, but yeah, we got to take the same precautions with our pets. God bless them. But yeah, consider getting one. It's one of the one of the greater joys in my own life. Uh, Trans man is banned from legally being called father by the courts. This is also news that's just in. This is heartbreaking. British court stood firm that Freddie McConnell cannot be registered as his child's father on the birth certificate. Why not? Why do the courts care? What's the difference? Let birth certificates reflect the truth. The child has two fathers. One of them is trans. Who cares? I I, I literally see nothing other than psychological violence by not honoring the truth of what is, and this is going to most powerfully impact the child, but who cares? Why, why is the court upset over these things being printed on a piece of paper? This is, this is really upsetting to me. So we still got work to do. I mean, it's really heartbreaking looking at all the changes that are happening right now. God bless our president. He's rolling back trans rights, um, which, you know, at a time like this, it's just heartbreaking that people are taking advantage, but yeah, the Trump administration is moving to allow doctors to refuse trans patients. And this is at a time when people are needing more healthcare than ever because of COVID, but the new rule would roll back Obama era protections that banned discrimination against transgender people. And this is a really bad time for that. So, there's a lot of states and countries that are using this time to close abortion clinics. Um, we're hearing stories of landlords pressuring people. Uh, this is just something that should not be happening right now. I wanted, as I've said, the best of us to come the best in us to come out of this for us to think collectively more care and compassion and we're kind of hearing the opposite. I mean we're hearing a lot of really good positive stories, but we're also hearing a lot of these negative ones. Um, And finally, we'll close out this segment with just my little loving reminder that remember mental exercises, but also mental health and looking at the impact of everything around you on your mental health. So pay attention to the conversations you're having, the social media you're following, the news you're looking at, turning it off before bed, making sure you're not ruminating in it, knowing that we're bathing our psyches and our nervous system in it, taking breaks. But I hit the trifecta, y'all. Right, get some get some movement, nutritious foods, and get outside and get that sunlight. Otherwise, you all better be taking those vitamin D supplements. You know. Uh, all right, coming up next, we're going to be talking about relationships and the importance of them on our mental health. Why? Because I'm obsessed with relationships, but more importantly, because right now we are sadly talking about some rising rates of things like suicide, in addition to all the mental health struggles that were happening. Um, So I want us to just be taking these things seriously, you know, checking with ourselves, but more importantly, checking in with those around us and checking in on them. So, um, you know, that's what we got to do. All right. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com.
2: Loveline with Dr. Chris. On Channel Q.
3: All right, we're back, and we're going to talk about something really powerful, really sensitive. But before we get into that, I just want to let everyone know: if you want to have your DM read on Loveline, you can slide your DMs into our Loveline IG page, or you can tweet them at hashtag I'm Listening because I'm doing the I'm Listening Stay Connected show every night, and we're kind of cross pollinating some of the questions. So feel free to jump in on either end, but on our Loveline IG pages. Or as I said, the hashtag I'm listening. Um, So I want to talk about mental health, but from a perspective of prevention, because as I'm doing the I'm listening, stay connected show nightly, I'm interviewing a lot of different guests and there's different themes that are constantly coming up. And one of them is suicide. And it's something we're going to be talking more and more about because of COVID-19 and self-isolation and people's mental health struggles. And like we've talked about, as a culture, everyone's pretty isolated. We have a high culture of loneliness, And in addition to the high culture of loneliness, um, we also have a lot of stigma around talking about mental health. And that means that people aren't able to get the help that they need. Because in order to get the help you need, you have to be willing to have the confidence and the comfort of acknowledging a mental health struggle within yourself. You have to have resources and people around you that you feel like you can go to and discuss this with and get support and care around. Access to resources and support via via therapy, and then also a loving community to come back to. And I think that that's a really important part of that is a loving community to come back to. Love line.
2: Love love line. line, Love line. Love line. Love line. Love line. Love line. line, line, This is Love Line with Dr. Chris
3: on Channel Q. All right, now we're going to be joined by Doc Halligan, veterinarian, author, and celebrity spokesperson. Doc Halligan, how are you?
1: Hi. Thanks for being part of the show. Uh, Thanks for inviting me. I'm very excited. Um,
3: So I wanted to start off by asking you about mental health and having a pet. I know that there's a powerful connection between the two. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yes. Well, it really is the positive power of pets. There is data. There are studies that show basically people who have a pet live longer. Uh, They are like emotional vitamins. Uh, It's just this unconditional, unjudgmental love that um, makes you feel good, and especially during times of... You know, pandemics, illness, um, that's when we really can rely on our pets. They need us and we need them. And we've seen a huge increase in people getting, especially puppies and kittens. I'm still, I've been working safely at a practice and I've never seen so many puppies in my life. So I think people are out there, you know, feeling lonely and saying, I think I'm going to go get a puppy.
3: I, I love that. I think, I think we undervalue that sometimes where we think that only a human can provide certain levels of intimacy or companionship, but it's not true. We just want to be seen. We want to cuddle. We want to hug to pet an animal is so soothing to our nervous system. So if someone did want to get a pet and they have never been a pet owner before, what do they need to look
2: for?
1: Well, it has to be uh, a family decision. I mean, if you live by yourself, then that's a different story. But if there's more than one person in the family, you have to all sit down and talk about it. Now, there's pros and cons to getting a puppy versus an adult dog. Um, there's differences between a puppy versus a kitten versus a cat. Um, you might want to just get um a bird you know <laughs> that's true right? start out with a bird but um so i always say the family needs to sit down and talk about it because it's a big commitment you know pets are living around 16 years and there is a little bit of a financial commitment that you have to take into account
3: thank you for putting um, that part out because i think people underestimate or value that part
1: yeah oh yeah no they 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 can be costly. A lot of the times, though, it's prevention. You know, you see people, they're not walking their dog on a leash. The dog gets out, gets hit by a car. Um, they don't spare or neuter it, then it gets knocked up. Um, they feed it bones or, you know, uh, pork, and it gets sick. So, You know, if you if you have a good veterinarian and uh, and you practice prevention, you know, it it doesn't have to be that expensive, but it is a little bit of an expense. And if you get a dog that has to get groomed, you know, that has a continuous coat, you know, that's another seventy five dollars every six weeks. So you really have to think about, okay, what's my budget Why do I want a pet? Do I want a pet that I could take running or do I want it to be more of a couch potato? Do I want a pet, you know, to help with the kids? Speaking of which, you know, the studies all show that children are, are, have a better emotional connection when they're raised with a pet. I know that helped me because my childhood was a little turbulent and I always went to the pets when my parents were fighting and there was a lot of stuff going on, I I would go to the pets. And I think it's one of the reasons I became a veterinarian is that my, the dogs were there uh, when I was afraid.
3: I mean, what a beautiful source of unconditional love, right? A pet is always available, always open to receive you. And I could see where that can be very psychologically healing, especially in tumultuous times. Talk to me about the whole like dog person, cat person. If someone has never been a pet owner, <laughs> is there such a distinction and does it matter because I, I never had pets and then I got a cat and then all of a sudden I was labeled cat person. And I was like, well, let me be maybe all kinds of pet person. So should people try to figure out which one they are or should they just go for what makes sense to them?
1: No, I, you know, there's no stigma. I mean, there used to be like the crazy cat lady, you know, <laughs> the you. woman running around yes. with curlers in her hair. That's me. <laughs> it's like, insane. And yes, I mean, you know, it's just set. No, think about what are the pluses and minuses? There's a much bigger time commitment to a dog because you have to walk it, right? You have a cat, right? You don't have to walk them. They have less health problems. Uh, Now, the bond is different between a cat and a dog. There is a little bit of a difference with that, too. Dogs, I think, are more needy. So, you know, if you're really looking for that, you want something that you can, you know, exercise with and stuff, you're going to go for a dog. But if you want, you know, a lot of love and affection, lower maintenance, um, two kittens, I mean, you could be having the worst day and watching two kittens go absolutely bonkers. That's why when you watch uh, YouTube, The cat videos have it, um, (laughs) by far
3: team cat, team cat video. Yeah, it's true. I only have one. I'm not looking for two. So yes, cute. One, one cat only videos. (laughs) Um, so let's talk about some of the news because I saw yesterday and today that both the first, uh, uh, cats in New. what is it? The first domestic pet was a cat in New York that tested positive. And then today, a pug tested positive for COVID in North Carolina. So yes. what do we need to consider? And also I'll uh, weigh in on. I was my understanding is it was from transferred from pet. I'm sorry, from owner to pet, not pet to owner.
1: Yes. Right. And so here's the thing this is a new virus. Uh, We're learning about it. Um, So, you know, in both cases, there was probably a high virus load, like in New York, a lot of virus. Uh, In North Carolina, both parents were uh, doctors, ER doctors. Um, And so, you know, the fomites can play a role in how you're bringing it in. A fomite is an inanimate object that can carry the virus see and so you can have the virus on your hands and if you're petting your pet or you know you're not washing your hands and stuff you could potentially give it to your cat or dog and not even know that's why we're saying wash your hands before you pet your cat or dog wash them afterwards if you're not feeling well make sure you don't You're not around your pets. Luckily, there's no evidence that the pets are then going to give it to people. All right. Um, They might give it to another pet, but it would be rare for it then to go into a person because they're not the right vector for it. So people don't have to be worried uh, that, you know, all of a sudden the pets are going to, you know, be a problem with it. But um, it's common sense and treat them as one of the family members that you have.
3: That's a good reminder. Doc Halligan, thank you so much for being part of our show. Have a beautiful night.
1: Okay, thank you so much. Stay safe and um Love Line
2: with Dr. Chris
1: on channel Q. Thanks so, for having me.
3: Bye-bye. Question of the night's up on our Loveland IG page. It's about things that couples do that really annoys you. Time for our DMs, though. Sliding into the DMs. (laughs) Sliding into the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms. Because it's a big old sexy world, and we want you to explore with confidence. Here we go. Hey, Dr. Chris. My girlfriend and I have been together for more than a year. Recently, there was this male friend who admitted that he has feelings for her. Cool. We talked about this and she told me how sorry she felt for him and that she will stay away from him. So his feelings could vanish a couple of months later. They're still talking and she's commenting on his pic on Instagram with a heart emoji scandal. Honestly, this is kind of bothering me. Yeah, I get it. What should I tell her? Am I ridiculous for acting this way? Not to mention that she's been kind of distant lately. Whenever I try to talk to her about these types of things, she always shuts down and guilt trips me for asking. What do you think the best option is? Well, yeah, you got to talk about it. Um, I'm a, look. I'm always about vulnerable conversations, the difficult ones to have, um, especially if you want a really healthy relationship. Because there's always going to be things to talk about. But yeah, I mean, it's. Interesting that someone reports interest in your girlfriend and, um, and then she's come. I mean, look, here's the thing. Social media, the whole point of social media is social interaction. So we follow each other, people commenting each other. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I don't want to lean in terms of what we call toxic, toxic monogamy, where, you know, your partner's not allowed to comment on people's posts or follow people like you got to get over that part. But this person in particular, I don't know why she's posting hearts when they've professed interest in love. I mean, That's just not kind, right? That would be called her leading him on or her instigating his interest or her keeping it alive. So that's just not nice. So I don't know that you should be threatened as much as you should point out like, wow, that's not really going to help him get over you. And if that's your goal, that's not the way to do it. Like, what's that about? I would enter the conversation from that point, less accusatory and jealous. Um, Because again, if you're in a relationship with someone who you trust, then there should be nothing to worry about. She could be posting whatever emojis she wants. Um, Also, how do you know that she's doing that? Oh, I know how, you know, you're policing and, uh, looking at what she's liking. Stop doing that. Like the goal in the new year is for us to all to be adults and trust each other. And to be looking at what your plus one and loved one is liking, commenting, that's, that's you being very anxious and, and clearly you've been doing that and that's how you found this. And so the question is, why are you doing that? If you don't trust her, you need to talk about that or, or leave or work on your trust issues. Cause that's my first question is you're, you're doing things that you found that, um, Cool. There you go. All right, here we go. Here's another one. Hey, Dr. Chris, yesterday I had to go to the emergency room for a mental health event. Starting the process of getting on an antidepressant and attending therapy, but yesterday got pretty wild and my assistant head of department had to drive me to the ER during work. Hmm. I recently went on a date with a girl, but I don't know how to move forward with her. I'm not back to my optimal level and I don't know if I should tell her what happened. just leave her in the dark and try to force myself back up when i'm around her this is a pretty big thing that happened and we're pretty casual so any advice yeah this is really a tough one um because again, I am a fan in early dating of us withholding, sharing really deep, truly triggering things. People have to earn their right to such intimacy and depth. Early dating is about connecting and sharing things, but talking about, you know, our past addiction or maybe things are triggering like having been in prison or I don't even know what it might be, but those are things people earn. And once they get to know us, they may be willing to work through that. If we divulge these things too soon, it's usually our anxiety and our need for acceptance, and they don't know us and so not willing to stick around. Um, um, but if you're struggling this deeply where you had to go to the emergency room for mental health and then recently uh, your department head had to drive you to the ER, you're probably not in a place to be worrying about or focusing on someone else and their feelings and a relationship. And so I might send them a loving text letting them know, hey, I think you're great. Enjoyed spending time with you, but I have some priorities in my life that I need to focus on. Um, when I'm feeling more more available, I'll circle back. And if interested, I'd love to take you out. So I think you should do that. Sliding into DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world and we want you to explore it with confidence. Listen to Loveline on the new channel Q and...
2: Love Line. Love Line. Love Line. Love Line. Love Line. Love Line. Love Line.
3: Love Line. This is Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and
2: Radio.com.
3: All right, we're back, and tonight we're talking with musician Upsall, whose one, two, three, four, five, six is blowing up on Spotify playlist. Thanks for being with us. How's it going? Good.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so stoked about this.
3: Yeah, you know, it's Love Line, and we are a fan of anyone who's a musician, but more importantly, who's folding in some sex positivity. So you're already family Good. with that one. Um, So let me just start by saying this. In our current climate, anyone working on female sexual empowerment is definitely going to be somewhat of a target. So I'm always impressed when someone leads with that. So where does your confidence come from around that?
0: Um, As far as just, like, being an empowered woman, I feel like I grew up in a family that, like, really, like, focused on making me feel strong and feel powerful and feel like I could do anything. Like, my family always really supported me in, like, pursuing music and when i told them hey i don't want to go to college i just want to pursue music they're like cool like we fully support you and i also grew up in a really like sex positive household like i was able to ask any questions i had about it and there was never like a bad it didn't seem taboo growing up you know like it was always just something if i was curious about something i would just like ask my parents and they would tell me about it so sex was always just something that like was something that was meant to be like openly talked about. So I think that's why I feel so comfortable talking about it in my music. You know, I'm
3: so thankful to hear that because as Sony's a therapist, but also specializes in sex therapy, I, I spend a lot of my career undoing the damage of sex negative households. And I also get to see right. how our mental health is so directly tied to our relationship to sexuality and our bodies is tied in there. So I love hearing that. Like you warmed, you warmed my heart. So talk to us about the song. I mean, that's quite a title. One, two, three, four, five, sex. I mean, it kind of lays it all out there. So where did the inspiration for that come from?
0: Yeah, I remember like I woke up one day and I've always wanted to have like a counting song, but I woke up one day and I was like, one, two, three, four, five, sex. We're going to say sex instead of six. Like, it's this right. as cool. And I tried writing the song a couple different times with different groups of people. And I kept trying to think like, oh, I need to come up with some really clever concept to go around it. And then one day I was like in a session with this writer I work with all the time, Rick Knowles, and I was I brought up one, two, three, four, five sex and for some reason that day it just clicked for me. I was like, Whatever, like that concept already is clever. Like the song is just gonna be about being horny. And that's kind of like it. You got and our support.
3: You <laughs> got our support. Yeah. And and as a, as a as a songwriter, um is it hard to give your music away or maybe you don't even look at it that way, but I'm imagining putting my my my, you know, thoughts to lyric or my heart to like the the song and the music and then you hand it to someone else and they kind of raise it? Is that hard?
0: Are you saying as far as like a writer with other artists yes. like singing on songs you wrote? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I wrote a song also about sex called Good in Bed about a year ago and do it ended up on Dua Lipa's album actually. And um, that was a super empowering thing for me. I don't think it's hard to like give the songs away, but it's definitely it's super rewarding to see a part of myself be put in another artist's work, you know. So I'm just like super honored to be a part of the album, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting experience. That's the first time I've ever written something kind of with the intention originally of it being for me, and then it ended up, ending up being for someone else, you
3: know? Okay. Yeah, I'm a little greedier. I, I, I'd, want, I, I'd want to be fully involved in anything, I, but well said. <laughs> what an empowering perspective. So now talk to us about the sex ed PSA that you're doing, because that was also <laughs> really amazing for me to hear, because it'd be very easy for you to not have to take the route of wanting to be you know, an activist or an educator. So why go that route? And then also explain to us what we would be seeing in that.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, I was lucky enough to grow up in a household where I was, like, every day with sex ed. Like, whatever I wanted to know, my parents would tell me about. But in school, you know, a lot of sex ed programs are still absent space, which right. is just ridiculous. So, I don't know. I thought it would be cool, like, as an artist, especially right now during quarantine, I have so much free time and more people are online. I was like, okay, like, I have this little platform, like, might as well, like, do some good with it. I don't know. So, I kind of just wanted to make this cool video me just candidly talking about sex it's its a little informational but I also you know I'm not a sex ed teacher I have no clue what I'm talking about aside from just like personal experience but mostly it's just entertaining but for anyone who I guess doesn't live in a sex positive household I feel like this video could kind of be that for them because it is a super open like sex positive conversation that I'm opening in the video, you
3: know? Yeah, it's huge, it's huge for them. Let me circle back and say, it it might be very familiar and comfortable for you, but I I applaud you and I thank you for putting that out there. More people like you need to put material out there, like you're ahead of the game, that is stunning. And it's huge and impactful for a lot of people to see that. I mean, for them to see someone who's successful and succeeding in their career, like uh, normalize and talk about sexuality from an empowered position is, is so important. So thank you for that.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you.
3: Now talk to me about playlists. Um, I'm horrible at them. I don't share them publicly because they're a hot mess. Um, <laughs> but you, you are a big fan of making them and you put out a playlist full of bops. I love that word for every mood <laughs> of the quarantine day. Now that's a lot of mood. So talk to us about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm always making playlists. Like I feel like if I wasn't doing what I do, I would want to like work somewhere in like the playlisting world because it is fun. But, yeah, I don't know. I I take a lot of pride in my music taste. All like right. I like the kind of music I listen to. Obviously, obviously like everyone does. But um yeah, I don't know. I just started kind of putting a playlist together for myself one day and I was like, "Hmm, I should just share this. Why not? It's fun." And especially now like people need new music to listen to. I know I always love seeing what other artists and creators are listening to. So, it's just uh my music taste is kind of all over the place, so I figured there's a song for every mood, like whatever mood you're in, you'll find something on there, you know?
3: But what was the most surprising? Were there any songs or artists you were like, wow, that made it in there, huh?
0: I think of, I mean, I put a lot of Doja Cat on my playlist. Oh, I wow, okay. with Doja, um, Who was another really like empowered, yeah. positive uh, woman in the music industry. So I love that. Um, I don't know, but then there's also like a really emotional, like James Blake song on there. Oh, wow. His stuff is
3: heavy. Okay. That's that's quite a spectrum from Doja Cat to James Blake. I mean, that is like one I'm jamming out and doing my home workout. And the other one, I'm like in the bathtub with candles.
0: Right. Exactly. That's my thing. You'll find something on there depending on, you know, what you're looking for.
3: Yeah, and I I rely on playlists to find new jams as well. So I definitely appreciate that part. I'll have, to, I'll have to step my game up a little bit. Mine are mine are like horrible. It's just literally Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood Mac, and then more Fleetwood Mac.
0: That's incredible. What are you talking about? That's amazing.
3: Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I once went on a job interview and I told them that's all I listened to, and they were like, anything from the uh, 21st century, and I was like, well, yes. <laughs>
0: Go easy. Awesome.
3: <laughs> I'm going to add you now. I'm going to add you to that to that list. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. Love
2: Line with Dr. Chris
3: on Channel Q. All right, we're back and tonight we're talking with upsaw. Um so also yes. talk to us about um the online workouts. Have you fallen into that trap at all because that's a place that I'm seeing everyone go. It's like we can't go a few hours without someone reminding us that we should be doing like squats or lunges. Are you how are you dealing with that?
0: first of all I think it's so toxic like I'll see myself if I didn't work out like for today I didn't work out and like I know I'll probably sit on Instagram later and see all these people on their stories being like I did this and I ran today and I'm gonna feel bad about myself um but yeah I feel like just being able to recognize that and know that like your brain is gonna go there I think like I've tried to get into that but I've more so just do like the workouts and go on walks and just try and go outside just for like my sanity you know because I'm like stuck inside all day but yeah for anyone listening like as long as you can like recognize that social media and seeing people doing all these workouts if it gets to you in a negative way just like unfollow those people if you don't want to be like you know I don't know but I also think there's something to like seeing those things and feeling inspired and motivated but the second it like makes me feel bad about myself, I just like end it, like get it out of my feed, you know?
3: Yeah. I love that message. It's not, it's social media is not there to make you feel bad. Don't let it become that. And yes, I love that. If it, if it makes you feel bad, just unfollow that stuff. Yeah. So easy. Yeah. So the sex ed PSA, when is that coming out and where can we find that?
0: It's going to be on my YouTube channel. Um, and then also, you know, Instagram, all my social media and hopefully pretty soon it's done. I'm just kind of waiting to get everything finalized on it but yeah i'm so hyped for people to see it it's also really fun because i feel like i never really get to talk about things that aren't my music all the time you know in interviews like people want to hear about the music and being an artist so it was really fun for me to like make something and talk about something that I was like passionate about aside from music you know
3: yeah you're a total full rounded human being I, I totally appreciate and value that you're, you're more than just your music although I assume your entire heart and soul is in the music too so it's, it's in both places um, for sure well right now we're going to listen to Upsal's new song 1, Sex we're going to check it out right now da, da, da.
4: Call it insane, say baby you're so vain, but I'm living on overdrive all the time. And I like the way you taste some liquor and a chaser, flavor of forever just for the night. The world is getting we're running out of. Sex on my mind Don't so um. my-
3: Y'all, so definitely follow her on all of her socials and look out for her Sex at PSA. Upsol, where can people find you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm ev- everywhere online, I guess. It's my Instagram and all my social handles are just Upsol Music. It's super weird spelling, but it's U P S A H L. And yeah, Spotify, all the places.
3: Beautiful. Thanks for being a part of our show. Have a great night.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
3: Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and Radio.com.
2: Love line. 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 This is Love Line with Dr. Chris
4: on Channel Q.
3: All right y'all, it is that time. Time for some DMage.
0: Sliding into the DMs.
3: <laughs> oh yes, yeah. sliding into the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world and we want y'all to explore that bad old world with some confidence. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, Dr. Chris, I'm a little weirded out because my boyfriend has been sending me more like spamming me with love texts lately at night when I'm asleep. Wow. That must be rough love notes from someone while you're sleeping like i wake up in the morning having received on my phone 50 whoa here we go 15 texts okay now you're clarifying thank you for the clarification i'll wake up having received 15 texts from him saying i love you i miss you a heart emoji a kiss emoji he's only been doing this for the past two days i think he's up drinking i'm gonna be dead honest with you weird part is he's never really been in texting much before that's why i find it strange me too i think he's drunk should i be worried about this is a sign of something no i think he's drunk What is someone doing up that late at night, firing off 15 texts in a row? Yeah, I think he's drunk. That's the only time I'm doing something like that, right? Am I right? I mean, I don't think he's lapsing into some state of psychosis. Um, It's interesting that he he never texts you otherwise and only does it at late hours of the night. That's my point.
2: What if he is that
3: late? That he only does it while they're sleeping? hey okay so samantha's saying maybe he's that clingy where during the day you're available he can see you so no need to do so but while you're sleeping he's up all night just expressing love and missing you out of nowhere yeah it is weird i think it's because he's drunk he's drinking but again no you know take the text so it is i I, i'm happy to wake up to 15 love notes from people i am mad there's a lot of people that wishes they could get one you got 15 (laughs) Don't be greedy. (laughs) All right, here we go. Hey, Dr. Chris, my girlfriend and I live 70 miles away. We spend every weekend with each other Friday, uh, excuse me, Friday through Sunday night and some weekdays. Awesome. Been dating for seven and a half months. At about six months, she asked me to move in with her. Told her that I wasn't ready for it. And that's not as simple as it would be if we lived closer. She says far enough away that I would have to change jobs. Yep. It's a big deal. Over the last few weeks, she's brought it up at least a dozen times. Wow. And we're having arguments about it. I say that I'm not ready for that step she sees it as me not being committed to her toxic monogamy the other day I offered to move closer to her about 45 miles away and get an apartment near the train station I could take the train to work and therefore keep my job I'd be 45 minutes from her unlike the current 90 but she wasn't for it she wants to move in is she being completely irrational yes she is um and then your other question was am I being insensitive to her needs no you're not you, you've been day for seven months which for some people it's a long time for others it's not um sh- you you'd have to leave your job Like, that's a big deal. I actually think she's being a little disrespectful. Like, she's not having to do anything. She wants you to move in with her. She gets to keep her jobs, her friends, her familiarity, her comfort. She wants you to give all that up. Tell her that you're happy to live together. She'll move in with you and leave her job and move in the other direction. Um, Let's see how open to that she is. Because I don't like the idea of people doubting people's level of commitment when they won't do what they want. Right. Because your commitment isn't based on your willingness to not disappoint your partner. We can love someone be very committed and let them down and disappoint them because we set boundaries and we take care of ourselves. And that's what you're doing um, at seven and a half months. I don't know that you should feel at any point if you don't want to leave your job or move, you shouldn't have to. But that the right framework isn't. Are you committed? It should just be. Are you comfortable doing that? And I, and if she cares about you, she would respect that and say, yeah, it's a lot to ask. Um, and I don't hear her saying, I'll meet you halfway. We'll move somewhere in the middle. It just sounds like the onus is on you to do the heavy lifting. And it's being framed as, you know, you would do it if you're committed to me. So that's a red flag. You're not being sensitive. I think it's definitely irrational. So you have my support in saying I'm just not there yet. It's too big of an ask. Um, but if she wants to do it, let her do it. Let her move next door. You know, get an apartment down the block. All right, Science CDMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world and we want you to explore with confidence. That is our show. We'll be back tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern. You guys have an awesome, awesome, awesome night. Good night. Loveline with Dr. Chris
4: on Channel Q.